Listen, God is so good. You're going to have to forgive me if I get carried away, right? We're supposed to do communion at the end. So if it gets really late, someone just hold up the communion emblem today as a reminder. Uh, I am fired up. Like I said, yesterday was incredible. I didn't know what to expect. Um, This was the first strong conference. And so... Seeing so many men prioritize being there was amazing. When we came in, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, what the sense in in worship was going to be. We've never done this before. So it would have been easy for the men to come in and just watch. But they didn't. They engaged. And it was such a testament to what it is that God wants us to do. God doesn't want us to just come and watch him work. God actually wants us to participate in it. Isn't that beautiful? Like we serve the God of creation, right? We serve the God who spoke everything into being. And yet he wants to participate with us. He wants us to share in what it is that he's doing. And so we're going to be reading this morning from John chapter 15. We are nearing the end of John. We're going to be diving into Acts. And then once we are through Acts, we are done season one of Heartstrong. Isn't that crazy? Right? By the end of November, we, have, we will have gone through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Now will lead us so beautifully into our Christmas season. So we just want to encourage you today, if you haven't started, or if you're not uh, yet digging into Heartstrong, you still have time. We're still in season one. Dive in. God's word is so, so rich. This morning, we're going to talk about something that um, I understand biblically. I'm not super well-versed in it, like, like just personally. Uh, my wife actually is going to probably love this message because I have done some research for this message when it comes to plants. Ooh, yeah. Did you hear that? Ooh. Now, not deep research, like not enough that I can help you keep those things alive. If you ever come over to our house, what you'll know is that my house is part lived in space and part jungle. Um, literally every flat surface either has a picture of something that is important to our family or a plant. There's just green things all over the place to the fact that like we've had to just recently push them back because they've started to actually try to like invade our living space. But my wife, she loves plants. There's greenery. Like we must have the most pure air in all of Bell's Corners. It is just like those things. They're taking everything we put out and they are just breathing life into us. And it brings her such joy. She has a green thumb. I don't know how she does it. Uh, If you'll come into my office, I have plants in there as well. I don't have to water them, right? I don't have to put them in. They're fake, right? Because that's about as far as I go in this plant process. So I had to sit down and really study this, and you'll see why as we read our scripture together today. John 15, verse 1 to 11 says this. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine. Hallelujah. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches." 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, is thrown away like a branch that withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What a beautiful encouragement that Jesus ends that portion of scripture with. That his desire for us isn't just that we would have joy, but that it would be full. Full to the brim. Where no more can fill in. That's God's God's joy for us is that our joy would be full. Yesterday we talked about just the the anxiety and the depression and and all these different things that seem to fill our cups in our culture and how God wants to replace those with himself. And so I want to encourage you this morning. That God is not here for your happiness. He is here for your joy. See, happiness is a feeling that is fleeting, but joy, joy is everlasting. Why? Because joy is positional. It's an understanding that comes from even taking from these these verses here that you are the branches, and as the branches, your joy comes from being tapped into God. There's a song that we sang today that is difficult for me to sing, but I understand the meaning of it and find God in it every time. It says, God, you've always been faithful. In my life, you have been so, so good. And it's such a challenge for me, and I'm sure for many of you, because there are times where I've wondered if God is good at all. In the midst of different circumstances and hardships, it's hard, right, to remind yourself that he in his nature is good, that he is a good vine to be plugged into, that even though things happen to us, that is not God's desire for us. His desire for us is that our joy would be full, because even though Terrible things can take place in the lives of those who know him. He never changes. And it's an encouragement for us today that we are not here seeking happiness. We are here because joy is ours to hold. That no matter what comes our way, if we're tapped in and plugged into God, we can trust that he is faithful in his nature. In church, we may not understand it now, But stay plugged in because his character doesn't change. He is good. A lot of people have issues with this verse because especially once Jesus starts coming on the scene in in the Gospels, we see God revealed in this amazing new way. Jesus is meeting with those who, who are poor. Jesus is meeting with those who are destitute. Jesus is meeting with those who are longing for a Savior. 
He steps in and he begins to teach the people to turn the other cheek. He, he shares that he is a prince of peace. And we see, God, that in his very nature, that God is good. But sometimes in our desire to understand the goodness of God, we can also mistake God for being passive. He is jealous for us. Amen? Oh, come on. He is jealous for us. See, there was a time in human history where he was so jealous for us and he saw what it was that sin was doing to his creation that he sent his own son to die in our stead. That's how much he loves us. But there's such a great challenge that Jesus puts out here in the middle of the verses. He says this, For this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples, that if you abide in me, you will keep my Father's commandments. And here Jesus begins to challenge his, his listeners. He begins to say, listen, when my father comes to me and comes to the vine, he is searching out branches that are bearing fruit. Beloved, this morning, there is a responsibility on our lives to stay plugged into God so that people can taste and see that he is good. Jesus is surrounded by people that wear the, the, the Torah by name only. They claim to know who God is. They claim to be teaching people who God is. But Jesus comes and reveals the Father in such a new way. He's speaking specifically here to those who are called to be the, the people who are set apart. He's speaking uh, to the Jewish leaders of the time and saying, Listen, I know that you say that you're plugged into the Father. But when my Father comes and he visits you, you have no fruit, you Pharisees. But for those who are my disciples, they will bear fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. These are our defining factors as Christians. It says if the father doesn't find the fruit, then he bundles those things off and, and makes sure that they're out of the way so that the vine and the true branches can continue to grow. And those who do bear fruit, he prunes. Hold on. Wait. What? Okay. Why? Why? Why is he going to prune us if we're bearing fruit? Isn't that what we're to do? Well, this is where I started my study into plants. It's like, why? Why do we have to prune? And I've seen Cassie do this in certain circumstances where she'll actually take the plants and they're living in their green and she does this crazy thing specifically right now with Pastor Karen because Pastor Karen is also, that lady loves plants. She's amazing. And they'll do this thing that's called repotting. Have you ever heard of this phenomenon before? Anyone? Anyone? You've heard of this repotting? It's crazy. It's crazy. Healthy plants, and they take them out of their homes, right? They love their homes, and they lift them out of their homes, and they shake them off, and they have, like, new soil, and they put them in there. And I'm like, what are you doing? That plant was fine. He was happy. Used to talk to him every night when he went to bed. Now he's in this weird pot. It's not even the plant I knew. 
But what I've come to understand is that it's important that even though a plant may look healthy, if it's left in that soil, if it's just left in that place, the soil can actually lose its nutrients. And so even though it looks crazy to me, Cassie and Pastor Karen know what they're doing, and I've read about it. Jesus specifically is using the example of vines. See, the vineyard of the time of the Israelites was a place of of great wealth and great importance. And one of the most important jobs uh, within the vineyard was the pruner. See, what they would do is they would come and they would approach these plants and make sure that the plants weren't growing inward. They would make sure that the plants weren't growing inward because these, these, these vines, they have the tendency to just to clump up and grow inward. And what happens then is that they begin to eliminate the light for themselves. It increases darkness and potential disease. And when there's darkness and potential disease, a vine will produce mediocre grapes, but never in abundance. Tim Wright says, Tom Wright says this, the vine dresser is never closer to the vine, taking more thought over its long-term health and productivity than when they have the knife in their hand. Church, I want to encourage you today that God loves you. He loves you so much that he is not going to leave you where you are today. Hallelujah. God loves you so much that he is not going to leave you where you are today. See, because we have the same tendency. We have the same tendency to where as we're growing in God, there is this constant temptation to just grow inwardly. Amen? There's this constant temptation the same way in the enemy. And, and, and he, is, he is a liar and he has no new tricks. And so he tries to dive into our story in the same way that his story has unfolded. And he he challenges us to look inwardly, to become selfish. But God doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to take the increase and grow from inside out, not inward. Inward growth is not the same as inside out growth. Inward growth is a focus on self, but inside out growth, that focuses on God, who transforms us from the inside out. His desire is to take away that that, that clumping. His desire is to take away those instances in our lives where, where, where there are things that, even though we may be producing fruit in one area, there's always things in our lives that can be removed Jesus said this in John 15, 9, 10, As the Father loved me, so I have you loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father, Father's commandments and abide in his love. Yesterday at Strong was such a beautiful reminder of who it is we are as a community. You've heard me say this many times before. Welcome to Canada Life Center, the home of a bunch of strugglers. People who are just trying to look more like Jesus every single day. Yesterday was a reminder of just who we are we are imperfect people 
running headfirst after a perfect God. That we are in the process of being sanctified each and every day to grow and become more and more like Jesus, that others would be able to taste the fruit that God is growing within us and see that he is good, that he is faithful, but in nowhere in these scriptures. And, and one of the lies that the enemy has, I think, has, has tried to invest in church is that we should just fake it and pretend. Church, nobody today is asking you to pretend like you have it all together. When the vine dresser comes and begins to go about his business of pruning the vine, it can be a very vulnerable place. As God begins to point out different things that need to go. And in those moments, we have a choice. Do you grow inwardly? Or do you stay connected to the vine? And let him grow from inside out. We want to encourage you this morning, Life Center, to remain in a community which knows and loves Jesus as Lord. Yesterday at Strong, or sorry, Friday night at Strong, I had just such a clear indication of why the walls of Jericho fell so easily. There's this shout that rose up from within the community. This desperation and this hunger of God across 450 different men in the room. It was this beautiful sense of God's power and strength, his desire and his love for each and every one of us. And then the very next day, we all stood up in, in accountants for one another and began to share openly with one another the challenges and the struggles that were present in the room. God still has work to do. But he has called you, each and every one of you, into this room for a reason. His desire is that you would grow. Hallelujah. His desire is that you would know more love. His desire is that goodness would follow you every day of your life. His desire is that temptation would not be so tempting for you tomorrow after meeting with him today. That self-control would replace that, that innate desire to just run into the things of the world. His desire is that our fruit would grow. He wants to take you out of the pot that you're in and repot you into this beautiful, fresh understanding of who he is. Is. This is what Jesus was trying to express in John 15, that there is more. That there is more. Thank you, God. continue on in your relationship with each other, but also dive deeply and cultivate a private, personal relationship with the vine. Heartstrong isn't just something we're doing. It's something we're becoming. Ooh, that's pretty good. 
And we want to encourage you to dive in. There is such life in the word of God. Life that will produce much fruit. Challenge the men yesterday, and I carry that challenge forward for all of us today. I believe that God is already pouring out his spirit anew on this generation. I believe that we are going to see a time of revival, but I continue to be challenged by the spirit that it is already starting to take place. And those who are hungry to see God move in power, we're going to see something special. But as your pastor, we're committing to not leave anybody behind. Amen? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't feel like you're that connected to the vine. You feel like you're one of those withered branches and you read these these verses and you're scared that God is going to just pick you up and toss you into the fire. That's not what God is saying here. See, Jesus is speaking to those who are professing to know the Father, but actually are only concerned about themselves. And if you're here today and you really want to know God, I want to encourage you that God really, really, really is available and you can get to know him today. See, the beautiful thing about our God, about what Jesus is about to do through John and Matthew and Mark and Luke is Jesus is about to die on the cross and he's about to enable this brand new opportunity when it comes to the vine where the Father can actually pick you up repot you right next to the sun so that you can produce good fruit again. I truly believe that this is a church that already is producing amazing fruit, but there's so much more. There's so much more. And so today I think it's important that we go to the table of communion together. If you haven't received an emblem yet, if you just want to raise your hand really quickly, We have amazing, amazing welcome team. Look at them killing it. Just keep your hand way, way high up there so that they can see you. They'll work from the back to the front. This morning, one of the best ways that we can stay tapped into the vine is to remember who he is and what he's done for us. Beloved, you are stronger than you believe. Why? Because God lives inside of you. At the men's conference, we had this amazing speaker on Friday night, Pastor Dom Russo. He's one of my old professors and is like the type of guy he taught us church history. And if you can make church history fun, you know how to teach. You're doing a good job because it's tough. And he introduced the understanding of strong, the understanding of strength. He said in, in, in scripture, Paul, when he's talking about strength, he's talking about one of two things, sometimes more often than not both. The number one, being strong in the Lord is a reminder that you are not called to be strong on your own. And so even when you're thinking about the vineyard and being plugged into the branches and, or being plugged into the vine and, and you are the branch, it doesn't say you are the branches, it says we are the branches. We stand in the gap together, plugged into the source of Jesus Christ. 
See, Paul, even on his ministry journeys, multiple times in, in the letters that we'll read in season two of Heartstrong, we'll see him thanking the churches for their constant support because even though Paul was the greatest missionary that we've ever seen, the greatest evangel, evangelist that we've ever seen, he needed the help of those that God had called alongside of him. And so when you're thinking about being strong, I want to encourage you, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself. And don't be afraid to reach out a hand and ask for help. This is a beautiful, beautiful collection of people that God has brought together. And they are willing to stand in the gap.